Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's Sunday, October 23, 2022. Welcome to the 36th episode in this series from 5-Minute News called The Weekend Show, where we take a deep dive into the news of the week. You can subscribe to the show as audio in addition to my daily 5-Minute News podcast on iTunes or wherever you get yours. Joining me today is the host of In Focus with Addison Smith on OAN, the One America Network. Um, And the first time I've successfully managed to get a Republican onto the show, not for want of trying. Uh, Addison, welcome to The Weekend Show. Anthony, it's great to be with you. I appreciate you having me on. Why do you think, just before we get started, why do you think it's so hard to have people engage on different sides of the political spectrum in America? Because obviously I'm from England and our news is regulated, so it has to be truthful. It can't be politically biased. And that encourages debate between both sides of the argument. And I know that our politics isn't quite as extreme as America's politics, you know, between the left and the right. But, you know, everybody talks on everybody's channels and and there is respectful debate. And um, I mean, even this last week, we have conservative politicians effectively pushing out their own conservative leader and we'll have a new prime minister in a few days' time. Uh, you know, I can't imagine that really happening here in America, you know, putting the country first ahead of an individual leader. So why, why do you think Republicans are so reluctant to engage? Well, I, I, I don't know if I agree with the, the premise that Republicans are, are the ones who don't want to engage in conversation. I mean, I, I personally have invited uh, probably a dozen people from the other side onto my, onto my show in focus on One American News Network, uh, invited them on my show, uh, you know, numerous times just over the, the past couple of months. And, and all of them have, have either ignored me or they've, they've said, no, you're actually the, the first one to, to agree to come on mine. And it, it didn't work out for due to, due to time constraints, which is why I'm glad we can have a, have an hour on here. Uh, and then, and then you see it in other things when, when conservatives go to college campuses, for example, to, to give a speech, uh, you know, they're, they're met with severe, severe backlash and people explicitly saying, uh, I think of Matt Walsh, who, who went to, uh, the name of the campus escapes me. He went there last week, I believe, and people explicitly saying, no, we want him shut down. My buddy Ian Haworth, uh, who's a speaker for YAF, he, he went and, and was met with the same uh, expression from the left saying, no, we don't want him on our campus. We don't want him to be able to speak. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's, there's probably some Republicans who don't, who, who are maybe guilty or complicit in not wanting 
trying to to reach across uh, and and engage with the other side. But I don't I don't think it's fair to characterize it as as Republicans being the ones not willing to have a conversation. I know even when I went and spoke at a college campus in Texas, uh, University of Houston, uh, my uh, posters of me were vandalized. Uh, it, vulgar things dr drawn on my face and around my face and things like that. Um, people not not appreciating me being there. So I, I think at minimum, it would be uh, there's blame for both sides. But at the at the most honest assessment, I would say it's it's very often I've found uh, people on the left side not not wanting to have a conversation. Rather, they want to, to you know, squash dissent, so to speak. Do you think that's because of the increasing division in the last five or six years do you think that's because of you know trumpist politics that where suddenly there was no filter and it all just came out because you know prior to trump certainly if you think back to uh bush's um uh, administration conservatives certainly were able to uh, you know do a lot more on a bipartisan um uh, platform and that effectively got eradicated. And, and as there's been more of a um, extreme opinion on the right, and I'm referring mainly to things like abortion, um, that is obviously going to cause a lot of people, especially on a college campus, if you represent that view, and of course that is probably the most um, sinister of all of, of all of the policies in the eyes of Democrats, does do you think that's the reason why people might be a little bit more likely to be critical of someone like yourself if you hold those views? Well, let's let's uh, hone in on the issue of abortion. I actually don't think it's the right who's gotten more extreme on abortion. The conservative position has always been that, that life begins at conception. And of course, you have people in the movement saying, oh, well, maybe there should just be limits on abortion. But but, you know, broadening that out, the conservative position is, you know, a, a baby's a baby as soon as the, the sperm is is fertilized. Uh, as soon as conception begins, uh, when and then you look at, at figures on the left. We'll start with Joe Biden back in uh, around 2005 to, to 2010. Joe Biden saying, you know, abortion is. Uh, I, I don't believe abortion's ever right. I think it's wrong. And then you know, uh, five years later or so, he was talking. You know, okay, maybe abortion should. It, it's a necessary evil, so to speak. And now today, uh, he's of the opinion that uh, you know, abortion on demand and without apology, all the way up to and including nine months. So I, I, I don't think it's the, the right that has really radicalized in, in their views, so to speak, uh, you know, with the, the rise of Trump, call it, call it whatever you will. Uh, I, I really do see the, the, the rise of, of extremism, radicalism, uh, call it what you will, hyper, hyperbole, we'll say, coming on the, on the left side of things. And our president of the United States is a great example of that. But what you're talking about are religious beliefs. Um, Biden is a Catholic, right? You're you're a Christian. You say reformed Christian <laughs> on your on your Twitter. Yes, I'll ask yeah. you about that in in a minute. But but those are religious beliefs, and so the 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 Republican position can't be based on a religious belief, can it? Because Congress is not allowed to uh, use religion as a as a reason to um, take a position. And in fact, the Constitution says very clearly that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right to people peacefully to assemble and petition the government. I mean, uh, 
how has a religious position become the kind of de facto argument for a party that is not supposed to use religion as it as its um as its kind of torch well i i Abortion, I don't see as a, a religious position. I know that's a line the left throws uh, throws at us or, or criticizes us with, you know, keep your religion out of my politics or so on. Um, but I, when it comes to abortion, I can I can make the argument against abortion on on scientific reasoning or, uh, alone, and nine, upwards of ninety percent of of scientists, I believe, according to a study, they they will affirm that life begins at at conception. So to to call it a a merely religious uh, view is is I don't think uh, a right assessment out of it. Now, of course, my my faith does inform you know my my worldview as does as does most people. But uh, as far as abortion being a religious uh, position or religious argument, we actually see people on the left making it a a religion. I think of the woman uh, I, I talked about her on the show. There was this clip that went viral of a woman who built an altar. Uh, built an altar for her abortion, and she she placed the pills. She had, I, I believe, sage burning and incense and candles lit, and she was f- referring to it as a holy and sacred uh, a process, a sacred experience. And so, if if anything, I believe that it's uh, it's the left who who uh, religifies, we'll, we'll say, uh, the abortion argument. So, a couple of things that you've just said are very interesting to me. The first thing you said was that. Uh, Democrats support abortion up to nine months of a of a pregnancy. That, that's speaking. not that's not true, though. Can you explain where you got that information? Well, I, I get it from from what I hear from the president of the United States vowing to to codify uh, Roe v. Wade into federal law should the Democrats have a, a successful midterm. I, I think of of people but like nine, nine months specifically. The idea that a baby would be aborted at nine months. Where did you hear that? Because I've heard you say that a few times, and you've said it on your show, and there isn't that's not based in in fact at all. Mm-hmm. So why why do you say that? What do you mean it's not based in fact? I mean, the 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 mantra is abortion on demand and without apology. And, and so I, I don't see what do you mean not based in fact? Well, have you ever had a baby? <laughs> no, I, I, I cannot uh, give birth to a child. I, I mean, I mean, in a in a relationship necessarily. No, have no, you ever had a no, baby? Because I've had a couple of babies, so I've kind of been through this process. I, I've also lost a baby, so I I've been through that process as well. And for for parents, um, it is to lose a child uh, in their you know after they've been born a, a, a birthed child. I believe is probably the worst thing that can happen to a to a parent. And we see this, you know, we, we see images of this. Uh, I'm thinking of the Sandy Hook uh, massacre and the, and, the, and the Alex Jones story from last week, where, you know, it just makes no sense to me how you can see grieving parents and still take this, take this position. But my point is that, we, you know, we're talking about actual humans and people who go through the emotional process of, of losing babies. Are you aware of the reasons why uh, some parents have to choose to abort a, a, a baby in, you know, once the, the baby is gestating? Are you aware of these reasons? Well, uh, see, Anthony, you're, you're using a, a word over and over again, and that word is, is baby. 
And so whenever you, you call it a baby, you are conceding that that is uh, an actual human being. The reality is from the moment of conception, uh, an entirely new DNA forms. And so you're, you're using a, a very specific word there, calling this, this, calling this a, a human life. And so is it your position that that human life uh, should be up for sacrifice, should be up to be, to be aborted, or, or the word that I like to, I prefer to use would be killed or, or murdered in the womb merely by, by choice? Because it, you're, you're talking about medical interventions and, and things like that. And the reality is that's not what activists are, are asking for. They're not saying uh, we, we need abortion uh, in case our life is at risk or in case of that. Uh, that's an entirely different argument. The, the argument that they make, though, is my body, my choice. You don't get to decide for me uh, what I can do with my body. That's what the left says. Not this is a, a medical necessity, that, but that it is a choice that, well, that they Well, I'm just get. talking to you. I'm not talking about the left because I, I, I personally, you know, I will talk about where our personal politics comes from in a minute. But I'm just saying that every story has humanity behind it. And, you know, that you can you can argue the semantics of it, and I've heard you do that before. Uh, I don't believe a baby is a baby until it's pretty much formed. That's my view. So yeah, maybe. Well, I then you don't believe the it. You don't believe what fetus. is a baby, right? I, I don't believe a fetus is a baby until the baby is able to live outside the womb without medical intervention. That's my view. But I don't push that view on anybody else. I allow, you know, I, if you have an anti-abortion view, then that's your right, and I respect that. But I also understand that for people who get a, for example, if you were to have a child with your partner, um, and I'm presuming you're in a heterosexual relationship or indeed in a relationship at all, but, you know, that's, if that's I the am, case, and, and, you're, and you're able to have a baby, if, w would you scan the baby to check that it was going to be okay uh, at, at three months? Uh, for for an ultrasound, do you mean? Yeah, I mean, you have various scans to check the health of the baby because, you know, a baby might have Down syndrome or a fetus might have Down syndrome or a fetus might have Edwards syndrome or a fetus might have Patel syndrome, as was the case in my pregnancy. And so, you know, you learn about these things when you go through them. And the reason I'm saying this is because it's very easy to kind of tar people with a giant brush. But to actually live through this as, a, as an, an adult and to have to make these decisions and deal with these things as a human, it's, it's very difficult. You know, Democrats don't want to abort babies. That's not what they want to do. They just want to give people the right to choose that for themselves and not have the state decide. Surely as a Christian person, you can see that that is a more um, humane way of dealing with this argument. Well, there's there's a lot in that. We'll start with the the illnesses or, or complications of a, of a baby in the womb, such as such as Down syndrome, like you expressed. Uh, I actually have a, a very close family friend who has a has a son with Down syndrome. Uh, she was encouraged by her doctor to to abort the baby because it had down syndrome and and she said she said no absolutely not this is my this is my child and uh, i i don't believe because someone is is has a disability or has uh, uh, so any other type of disadvantage, a deformity or whatnot. I, I don't think that's a justification to to terminate its its life. 
Um, but uh, to the point that Democrats don't don't want abortion, uh, I, I hear this a lot. And they, they absolutely do, because the reality is Planned Parenthood uh, gives tens of millions of dollars to, to Democratic campaigns. They they fund Democratic campaigns in a lot of instances, especially in places like like uh, uh, purple states, for example. And uh, Planned Parenthood makes millions, tens of millions of dollars off of off of abortion. Abortion is their 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 profit margin, right? That's what that's what rakes in the dough. And so so I, I don't I don't know if I, I agree with. But that. are you not but missing the, the, the difference between what you're saying, and what I'm saying? You're saying that um, people should nobody should have an abortion, right? That's effectively what you're saying, that abortion should be outlawed and it should yes. be illegal. Yeah. Uh, so you are effectively forcing people to carry um, a fetus to, to full term, right, which is 10, 10 months. Well, I, I'm, I'm personally not, not forcing anyone. What I am saying is that uh, you, it is your responsibility to, to accept uh, the consequences, so-called, that, that come with having having sex and that consequence oftentimes can be and is pregnancy uh aka the, the the development of an entirely new human life and just because that might be inconvenient for you or that might be difficult for you or, or you didn't want that uh does not justify you being able to to kill that child you, you you don't get to kill a child just because you decide you don't want a child let's talk about your um, our, our separate indoctrinations as children, how we grew up and how you came to this view. Because, you know, I come from Europe, which is, by comparison to America, is you would think of it as a very progressive place, right? You know, they're already pushing for net zero carbon. They Abortion is, is widely accepted and very normal. And Christians and people on the right have abortions all the time. And it's considered completely normal. It is not a trigger issue for so many countries. And so obviously, when I moved to the United States, it was a bit of a shock to me that suddenly I was surrounded by this vitriol around issues that are actually quite normal for people in everyday society. And so to me, it does seem your views do seem to be extreme. They might seem normal to you, but that's due to your own childhood and your experience. So I mean, I, I, my parents were conservative and I grew up going to Christian schools, but I grew up in London. So I grew up in a multi-faith, multicultural, multinational city, very cosmopolitan. And I got to know, you know, everything about the world. By the time I was 15, I kind of had had a full, I'd seen every, every um, flag and every, every color that I needed to, to know that we're all the same, even if we look different. Explain to me about your childhood and your upbringing, your education. How, how were you exposed to these types of messages? That uh, You're 23 now, right? 23, yes. At the age of 23, how, how, how did you grow into a 23-year-old with these types of views? Yeah, well, I, I would say uh, I, was, I was raised in as uh, the, well, what's the word I'm looking for? The tip, stereotypical uh, conservative Christian home church every Sunday and, and youth group on Wednesday nights. I, from third grade on to graduation, I went to a, a classical Christian school, so I, I had a, a very conservative education. I went to Liberty University, uh, dropped out, a future future college graduate, uh, but not current college uh, alumni. Uh, went to that. It's obviously a very conservative Christian school. 
Um, so I had a had a very traditional conservative upbringing. But um, I, I don't think I also know a lot of people who had very similar upbringing to mine, and you know they they went out into the real world, and now uh, some of them being my friends, they have wildly different views uh, than than myself, and yet raised in the same same sort of of house with the same socioeconomic status and the same two loving conservative Christian parents. There, a lot of them now are, are uh, liberal or, or left of center, I would say. And so I, I think a lot of the reason I am the way that I am today is I do owe it to, to my, wonderful, my wonderful parents and my very fortunate upbringing and uh, my, my schooling and, and everything else. But, but really, I had this desire for I've always had this curiosity about me. I want to know things. I want to know the truth. And, um, you know, that that really, I would say, is what has brought me to where I am today. I, I care about what's what's uh, good and just and, and right. And uh, the, you know, studying the, my my faith and and the reason for my conservative politics and conservative uh, cultural uh, views are are a product of that. Are you aware that some of the things that you've cited, though, are very skewed? So that would suggest to me that you said that 90% of clinicians say that a, a, you know, a fetus is a, is a baby from birth. That is not true. And, but I am thinking where you would have got that from, because you, you, it's very easy to seek out that kind of information. And the best people to ask about things like this are people who work in fertility clinics or the person who even does the ultrasound scan, who does this day in, day out. They call it viability, a point at which a a fetus can live without uh, intervention outside of the womb. So why why do you say that 90% of clinicians say that a a fetus is a a baby from, from conception when that's simply not factual? Well, I I believe it is factual. I I wish I had printed out the study. I printed out other studies that I don't have. Uh, I printed out other studies that I have with me. I did not uh, prepare for for that part of that that specific study. But um, that is that is. Uh, it's not that it's factually inaccurate. It is it is factually accurate. And and but we all know you you know as well as I do, Anthony. The science isn't formed uh, by consensus, right? It's formed by by objective truth and and drawing uh, conclusions and and so on. Well, not, not in this case, because if you were to, uh, if you were to take a, a fetus out of a out of a mother, um, at, at say three months, which is when a, a, a mum would know that she was pregnant. Hopefully, you know, some don't know for many months later, that the ba- the baby or the fetus would not live outside of the womb without without uh, medical attention. I mean. It's well, just well, not possible. I, so, so, and that, and that's just common sense. You don't even need a study for that. Well, yeah, and you don't also don't need a study to know that if if a woman gave birth to a baby right now and and left it in its cradle, it too would also die. It wouldn't be. It depends on your definition of, of viable. In other words, you have to take care of of babies after they're born for pretty much eight the first eighteen years of their life. Well, so you I, can I know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm doing that as we speak. But but this is the thing is that you know. We've seen this with COVID. We've seen this with other things that have been in the, in the news in the last few years where there is a, a Republican position or a Christian conservative position that seeks out, you know, there will always be a, a doctor, a Christian conservative doctor that will take this view. 
But you also have to look at consensus and you have to look outside of America as well as I do and see the rest, how the rest of the world operates because America is not the whole planet, right? And so, you know, what is normal to me might seem abnormal to you and I'm just very interested to know and even to know if you can accept that outside of your views there is another way that isn't necessarily... Uh, it might be untrue to you, but is is true to everybody else? Well, I, I don't. I, I only think there's there's only one kind of truth, and that is truth that is true, objective truth. You know, I, I don't think that it's relative. I think that it is objective. And so, I, on the abortion issue, I, I think essentially what you're getting at is why not just live and let live, right? You know, you don't like abortion, that's fine, but why should you uh, impose your views, so to speak? Onto, well, that's on- what the Constitution says. That's mm-hmm. that basically is what the Constitution says, and that has been ignored by a very heavy conservative Christian Supreme Court. Well, and that's why it's such a divisive issue because Roe v. Wade has been in place for nearly fifty years and has set a precedent. So most people growing up have grown up knowing that the America supports people's rights to choose. And to suddenly change that through, you know, this this repositioning of the court is it's a bitter pill to swallow. And it might be the reason why your face is being defaced when it's advertised to speak at a university. Well, Anthony, you, you use the term right to choose. The question is the right to choose to do what? The idea that you can't tell women... Uh, or someone, the government can't tell uh, someone what to do with their body. The government does that all the time, right? I I cannot go up to someone on the street and use my body to to put a knife in their back, right? I can't use my body to to break into a store and and you know take uh, steal the cash register, for example. So the question is not you know uh, do we have a right to choose or or not to choose? The question is what is it that that we're that we're choosing, right? And murder, I like to to remind people is against the law. It is illegal. Uh, slavery used to be legal in the United States. Thank God that it is not anymore. Thank the Lord that that, that we were one of the first nations to abolish that. Um, so so as far as a, a right to choose, I don't think you don't have a right to choose to to kill uh, a child. Now, people can we can pass laws that that technically make it legal, just like we passed passed laws and, and made slavery legal. And just like other countries around the world have laws that make slavery legal. That doesn't mean that it is it is morally right. And that doesn't mean that it should be legal. So a, a right to choose to kill someone is is no right at all. Slavery wasn't completely outlawed in the United States. It's it's now moved into the prison system. Um, and you probably know this story, but this is there was a big story about it just this week about the uh, trying to do more about changing the law to enable those people who are incarcerated not to work for slave wages whilst they're serving their prison sentence. So I would I would just say that we also have a thing called um, modern slavery, which is still very prevalent in America and throughout the world. Um, I, I'm just correcting us as we as we go along. Uh, I want to move on to other issues, but I, I would just finally say that the what the way you describe it, I can hear how convinced you are of this argument. But to me, as a European, it, it doesn't. It just doesn't hold water because common sense and also the society that we have enjoyed for the last fifty years. Can, can I? Can I is, ask you? A- is so? Is so? 
I mean, that that's this, you know, we, we enjoy privileges as countries get become more progressive. We learn more, science gets better. So really, the direction that uh, all countries should be going in is a more progressive direction because we become more knowledgeable. If, and if I hope I may, you would agree with that. Well, if I may just ask you one question, Anthony, because, sure. you know, you, you said that women have a have a right to choose what to do with their bodies. Earlier on, you said that that Democrats, no one, you know, people aren't arguing for abortion up to nine months. Do you think that women have a right to choose to have an abortion uh, eight nine months in? And if not, why do you want to tell women what to do with their bodies? Well, women don't uh, choose to abort fetuses at eight or nine months. Well, that, that doesn't that, happen. It, it so absolutely you, you, does happen. It, 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 it does. It, it, it does it happen. And I can give you an example as, as recent as a, a couple of months ago in Washington, D.C., there were dead babies discovered inside of a, a D.C. apartment. Uh, they, they were examined and determined to have either been uh, 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 abortions right before they were born uh, or even infanticide, right? Post-birth abortion or partial birth abortion. Or the other. But these were fully developed babies that, that, that were aborted. And, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood, <laughs> Planned Parenthood doesn't have a cutoff for abortion. So that the, the idea that women uh, can't, can't get abortions or don't, rather don't get abortions uh, later on in pregnancy, it's, it's just not true. 60 million babies have been, have been aborted uh, in, in the past several decades since Roe v. Wade. Do you mean to tell me that every single one of those babies is, is just when it's a couple weeks into the trimester? No, of, of course it's not. It is. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the that's the reality. It is, and and you know, I I recognize. So, what about those that, babies in DC? Those babies. Well, because were- it's of course you can of course you can find incidences of crime. Of course you can, and that is you know total common sense. Well, the the, the plural take, of anecdote. The plural of anecdote is is data. No, you can't way. take anecdotal evidence and use the, it across the board when we're talking about three hundred and thirty million people. It's just it doesn't work like that. But you know, but when. You, but but when uh when when these happen over and over and over and over and over and over again, right? That that's not an anecdote. That quickly becomes uh, a, a statistic. That becomes it, data. it doesn't happen over and over and over again. It doesn't. And this is and this is the reality: is that you can go looking for anecdotal evidence, but ultimately we need to use a what is considered qualitative facts to make decisions of law, and so. This is where maybe um, the argument for an extremist view comes about, because an extremist view will cite these individual cases and say that that is the rule and not the exception. And I'm saying that's the exception and not the rule, because we're using common sense. Well, okay. so so final question on this. Let's grant <laughs> who's interviewing <let's>, who. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's grant you the premise, right? Let's say late term abortions. You know, maybe they happen once or twice, but other than that, they're they're extremely. But nobody rare. wants a late term abortion. Nobody, and I speak as somebody who has been through this. Why not? And Why not? I've had to, because if you are carrying a fetus that is gestating inside of you nobody wants a late-term abortion but they what is, just what is, don't what is wrong with a, a, a late-term abortion anthony if it's just a clump of cells should, should women should women you're saying that you're saying is, that uh, addison with well, respect to you question, with respect anthony. to you it's it's you're you're trying to create a uh, 
uh, a debate over something that doesn't warrant warrant debate. Because I, I think it does warrant debate because it's it's you who are saying that uh, late term abortions, you know, up to nine months, uh, those never happen. Uh, but at the same at the same time, you know, women have a right to choose. So do they have a right to choose to get a late term abortion if they want to? Not, yes or no? We're not talking. You know, this whole debate of Roe v. Wade is not about late term abortion. A, but, but you, won't, you won't answer the question, Anthony. Should a woman be should a woman have the right to choose to have an abortion uh, right before the moment of birth if they so choose? Yes or no? And if no, if no, then why do you want to tell women what to do with their bodies? Because, I'm not saying. Well, I'm not okay, saying. So my answer say, is my answer is my answer is yes, but it okay. doesn't happen. And this is the point. The right to choose is the right to choose. But, you know, you have to have empathy for people who are carrying a, a, um, a fetus inside of them. And it's very, very difficult to have a healthy pregnancy. It's very, very difficult. So many people try I, I... to conceive and they do not make it to 10 months. It just doesn't happen. And so that is because there are so many complications and the fear, you know, in America, they scan you every month. Where I'm from in England, they scan you at three months and then again at, at six months and that's it. Um, and so that you're constantly going to the hospital because you feel something that's a bit weird or, or something or you don't feel anything and you think that's weird. And so you go to the hospital and it, it's it's full of anxiety. It's a very, very, very difficult thing, firstly, to conceive, secondly, to see a pregnancy through to, to full term. And, and for mums who are, who are going through this, it is absolutely the worst thing to think that something might go wrong. So it's very, you know, I understand how you want to draw on anecdotes of, of dead babies being found in apartments in D.C., but that's not where my head is. My head is with mums who are desperate to give birth normally and healthily. And and this is why it's such a um, this is why it's such a a, a a very difficult and painful issue for people, for women to hear men, invariably white men, tell women and the poorest women who are struggling with this and sometimes need to access abortion are often women of color. And so for wealthy white men to tell poor black women what they can and can't do with their bodies is really very, very difficult. Roe v. Wade was decided by a, by a Supreme Court of... Uh, Roe v. Wade was decided by a Supreme Court of, of wealthy white men telling women what they, quote-unquote, yeah, could do with, with, with their bodies. So the idea that men can't have an opinion on, on abortion just because they're they're man... No, but I'm white, just talking about politicians. I'm just talking about As for empathy, Anthony, I, I have plenty of, in, of empathy for women who are, who are down on their luck and down financially and, and going through hard times... Uh, uh, of course I do. My mom worked at a, a crisis pregnancy center for for several years and can, has told me story after story firsthand of of young women who were who were having crisis pregnancies, unplanned pregnancies, uh, and and it is rather unfortunate that you have groups like Jane's event, uh, Jane's Revenge, these these radical pro-abortion groups who are firebombing and vandalizing and destroying pregnancy centers, declaring quote unquote open season on crisis pregnancy centers. That's a direct quote from a letter from Jane's Revenge that they issued to the public. It is people on the left, more broadly than the right, who lack empathy for women who are in crisis pregnancies, as evidenced by the several dozen crisis pregnancies centers that were firebombed and destroyed uh, after Roe v. Wade was overturned. 
I literally don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I, I hear the words, but I, it, it's, it's where you put preference on some issues to then have a, a view across the, the wider story is, is very interesting to me. Um, we have to take a, a sponsor break just for a second, but I'm very keen to come back and, and talk specifically about trans issues. Um, so we'll do that in just a moment. I'm thrilled to announce that The Weekend Show has a brand new sponsor with Hover.com. Well, building your online brand has never been more important, and you can show the online community who you are and what you're passionate about with your own URL, your own domain name. That's where your online identity begins. Well, Hover allows you to connect your domain name to many website builders with a few simple clicks. You'll get personalized email as well that matches your domain that further supports your online identity. And as I've done with both 5minute.news and with my own website, anthonydavis.com, you can use this simple, easy-to-use interface to manage your domain. So if you have lots of domains, you can move them all over to Hover and you can manipulate them all on the one screen. So whether it's a domain name for your blog or your portfolio or your online store, or just to make a more memorable redirect to your LinkedIn page, Hover has you covered. And as a viewer or listener to this show, you get 10% off your first purchase. Just go to hover.com slash weekend. That's hover.com slash weekend and get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, back with Addison Smith from AON, or is it OAN? OAN. OAN. Yeah, I think I always say a- AON. Maybe AON. the channel would get more viewers if it, if it just moved the letters around. <laughs> what America wonders. Um, I I um, we first kind of came into contact online when you posted about um, trans rights and you talked about a new law uh, in California. Yep. that basically gave um, families the right to access uh, trans um, interventions, clinical interventions and medical and, and hormone treatment and whatever else. Um, and you, we, I kind of corrected you on, on what, you, what you posted about it. Um, and you said, welcome to hell, I seem to remember was your, was your phrase. Um, what did you mean by that? Well, I, I said welcome, welcome to hell because uh, the bill, I think, is, is very unfortunate. Not only unfortunate, but morally depraved. It's, a, it's SB 107, um, California's, California's bill for, for trans uh, gender affirming surgery for, for minors. Um, and so I, I said, welcome to hell, because I think it's rather unfortunate. You know, I live in California, San Diego, and I, I hate to see that the that this state and that any state or, or jurisdiction in the country would be offering uh, uh, these gender mutilation services to to people who are are underage. Right. That's that's what this bill uh, helps helps allow. That's what this bill enables. It, it, do, it doesn't actually do that. That's not what the bill is. The bill just stops other states who don't believe in gender reaffirmment or reassignment. Well, it just that, stops that's what other I said. states I, said from, suing, from suing the individuals in California. That's yeah. all that SB 107 does. Yeah, well, I, I, I said that. It, it allows and enables, further enables uh, children to pursue uh, so-called gender-affirming 
care through through hormones, puberty blockers, uh, and often double mastectomies or, or vaginoplasties. And uh, I, I don't think that a child, I don't think that, that someone underage uh, is is able to is able or should be able to to make that that decision uh, with or without the the help of their parents or so called medical experts. But they're not. I mean, in California, you have to be at least 18 to have any kind of surgery. That's the law. So uh, nothing would ever happen to a child in California or anywhere else. Uh, Well, I actually have the bill right here, SB 107. And uh, a court state has temporary emergency jurisdiction if the child is present in this state and the child has been abandoned or it is necessary in an emergency to protect the child because the child or sibling or parent of the child is subjected to, threatened with mistreatment or abuse or because the child has been unable to affirm to obtain gender affirming care or gender affirming uh, mental health care as defined by section uh, 16.010.2 of the Welfare and Institutions Code. Uh, this bill would prohibit, reading also from the bill, uh, a provider of health care, a health care service plan, or contractor from releasing medical information related to a person or entity allowing a child to receive gender-affirming health care, gender-affirming mental health care, in response to criminal civil action, including a foreign subpoena. would also prohibit law enforcement agencies from knowingly making or participating in the arrest or extra, extra, extradition of an individual pursuant to an out-of-state warrant based on another state's law against providing, receiving, or allowing a child to receive gender-affirming care over and over and over again. You notice the key word here, it is children. California, Gavin Newsom has bragged about making uh, California a, a, quote, sanctuary state for, for uh, trans youth, for transgender kids. So the idea that it's not not happening and that that kids are not getting transgender surgeries is just false. Well, that's not what I said. I said that nobody under the age of 18 without their parents' consent can do anything. Over the age of 18, they can. Can I ask you a couple of questions about this? Um, Do you know any transgender people? Uh, I do not personally know anyone who is transgender, no. And have you ever met anybody, as in come into contact with anybody who is trans? Well, sure. I live in I live in California, so yes, yes, I have. But as in, got to know them or spent any time? No, with them no. I've had them. I've had brief talks with with people uh, before. I do know people. Uh, I do know people and have talked with people personally um, who are are former transgender identifying, former gender dysphoric uh, individuals. I, I know uh, one or two of them. The, the the welcome to hell thing is very interesting to me. Um, you're male, I presume, and I don't want to presume, but I'm presuming what gave it away? Male. I don't know. Um, what age did you decide to be male? Uh, I did not decide to be male. That is that is how I was born with XY chromosomes. And do you therefore accept that it's the same for trans people, that they did not choose to be trans? Uh, well, they, they choose to identify as something they are not, sure, but uh, they, they were... No, I'm not talking about pronouns. I'm talking about inside. When you, when you wake up the first time you have consciousness and you know, you knew that you were a boy, you knew it, not just because of your physicality, but you knew that you were a boy. Um if you were to have those same feelings and see that your genitalia didn't match what was what you knew you were then how might you feel about that because that that's effectively what trans is 
Well, yeah, that that would be a a medical diagnosis like schizophrenia, right? If uh, if you're schizophrenic and you hear the radio on and you think the radio is talking to you, you, you not only think it, you're fully convinced that the radio is talking to you. That that wouldn't make it. Uh, but no, well you're you're suggesting that schizophrenia is a mental health issue. The, transgenderism is, is not a mental health issue. Uh, it's it, uh, transgenderism has historically been called gender dysphoria, which historically, up until five seconds ago, has been a a medical diagnosis okay well i grew up with trans people my my first exposure to a trans person was the person my parents bought our house from was a, a famous trans composer so in those days we called it a sex change i'm mm. talking about the early 80s oh and, and this person was uh, famously called wally stott and became angela morley very famous british composer and so as a kid, I knew about what a sex change was, but that didn't make me want to change my gender. It just enabled me to know that there were other people out there that were living in this way. Um, I just think it's very important that in the same way that we talk about abortion, that we understand that there is a human cost here. Do you know how many trans people there are in the United States? Uh, I, I know that it has uh, radically increased over the past decade or so. No, no it's not, not true. Sure. It hasn't, inc it hasn't it increased. Is, it is true. No, it hasn't. The number of people that are confident to answer the census without fearing in their, of their lives has increased. But the number of gay people and lesbian and, and, and has always been the same. It's whether or not they are able to go public about it. That's what has changed. Therefore, the reporting has changed. But it's always been between 8 and 10% of society is not straight. Do you accept that? Uh, no, I, I don't accept that. Uh, there's been about a 4,000% increase over the past, I believe, six years in uh, in people who identify as, as transgender. So, so I, I do fundamentally disagree with that. But do you, under, do, you, do you understand my point as to why, about, about the fact that society has always looked down upon people who are not traditionally normal? Uh, and therefore, you know, I mean, look at, look at gay people and, you know, who are living as straight people, uh, even, in, even in, you know, certainly in Republican states. There are there are straight pe there are people pretending to be straight when they're gay because they fear the politics of that state. Do you do you accept that? Well, I I don't doubt that there's people who who maybe haven't uh, come out of the closet. We'll call it. By the way, I think uh, I think being gay or, or or lesbian or bisexual, whatever. I think that's uh, that's an entirely different issue. I'd, I'd like to stick on the the transgender topic no, but itself. Why is it a different issue? Why is it? Because you don't choose to be gay in the same way that you don't choose to be trans. This is who you are. So so. What, what do you mean by that? What do you mean? This is who you are. Uh, when you're well, you, you are. You, well, let's use you and I as an example. Let's use you as an example so you can have empathy for it. You didn't choose to be straight. I presume you're straight. You didn't choose to be male, right? You, these are the things that you were given. Given, but if you believe in God, given by God. If you don't believe in God, then that's just what happened, right? And so, you know, it, you are no different to a trans person in the way that you grew up. You grew up feeling a certain way. A trans person grew up feeling a certain way. And two of my best friends growing up were both trans. One of them had had gender reassignment surgery and the other hadn't. 
And I knew these people as my closest friends, and I knew how difficult life was because there were people like yourself who denied that, that their existence was natural. So just explain to me how we can ever have a conversation about our fellow man, especially somebody such as yourself who's grown up with the teachings of Jesus and, you know, having a, having a kind of religious connotation to this where we should love thy neighbor, how we can compartmentalize people in such a way that they are not given the same rights as somebody such as yourself who is cis. My, my disagreement with, with uh, trans, transgender ideology is precisely because of my, my duty to, to love my neighbor. And if my neighbor is under the impression that they are something that they indeed are not, i.e. if a, a man thinks that he is a woman, it is not loving to, to affirm his, his delusion or affirm his lie. And so, so my, my motivation in this is not to slam dunk on people or, or get... Well, you just uh, did. You told them that they are lying. And that in itself is to put somebody's rights and somebody's existence into a, I, a box mar marked unacceptable. I, I'm not denying anyone's existence. I'm not denying that, that transgender people exist. Uh, are they indeed the, the are they, in, is a man indeed a woman if he calls himself a woman and throws but off a lipstick? he's not calling himself a woman. He is a woman. He feels by, by, uh, what, like Well, Anthony, a Anthony, what is a, a woman then? Oh, that's a, that's a popular question nowadays. You keep saying uh, a man who identifies as a woman is a woman, is what? What is that? Well, I'd say that our consciousness is in our brain, right? That's our consciousness. So I know that I am male because my brain tells me that I am male, not because of my genitalia. I, I, I actually have the body. I have a pretty female-looking body, to be honest. I look great from the neck up. I disagree, Anthony. <laughs> I think but, you look like a stud. But, but the point is that our consciousness is in our brain. That's what tells us who we are. And I know that I am male because my brain tells me I am male. And I hopefully, and I presume you do too. So my point is, I did not choose to be male. You did not choose to be male. A trans person does not choose to be trans. And therefore, if we consider that conversation we had earlier about how complex it is getting a, 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 a fetus from conception through to birth, that along the way, so many things can happen including the way a brain develops and you know or some people can be born with a without a, an arm or without a leg or without ears the point is that the brain develops as well and to say to that person who is born without ears you do have ears and you can hear is the same in my view as telling a trans person that they are have decided to be trans Anthony, what if I decided that I identified as someone without ears? Would you affirm my my uh, self-proclaimed identity or would you make a very obvious ob observation that indeed I do have two ears because you're well, you're, you're I, avoiding I you're, be, you're avoiding my question. You didn't you haven't no, defined we'd be better what I'm saying. We'd be, you'd be better off to make this argument have a point. You'd you'd be better off saying that you were somebody who couldn't hear. Right? Because obviously that's the thing that we deal with, isn't it? And this is the trans thing. The trans thing is inside. It's not external. In fact, there are so many trans people that don't have surgery because they know they're trans. They've learned to live with their physicality. In the case of the United States of America, a lot of people cannot afford gender reassignment surgery because 
of the healthcare system here. And so they live in the wrong body and they just put up with that. Is that what you want for people? Well, you you were correct about one thing. It is it is inside. Who you are is, well, it's not merely internal, but it is internal. It's in every single cell in their body. It's in every every single cell in their, in their bone marrow. It's in their very DNA. That's why if, if I die a uh, hundred years from now, someone digs me up, uh, they're not going to wonder if I was a, a man or a woman. They're going to be able to run samples on my, on my cells and, and my bones to show that I am indeed a male. But but humanity is imperfect, isn't it? And the perfection that you crave, I mean, you're lucky, right? You're a white guy who, you know, could afford to go to a university. You, you are handsome. You have a good job. You are able-bodied, right? You have all of these things going for you. You're also straight, which means it makes life is easier for you because there'll be more candidates for you to date and and society will not look down upon you. So you have been dealt a really good hand considering, right? You're eloquent, you have a you you have a, a good use of language, um your views <laughs> I won't go into those, but but the point is that you you have been very very lucky. And and so what I'm suggesting to you is that in those 10 months of gestation, when it's not as perfect as it is for you, when there are issues and errors, because it is so complex, that process of gestation and getting what you might call a normal, healthy baby at birth, it's so difficult that trans people are a product of a, um, a, a problem in the development of the brain right? It's not a mental health issue because that would be conscious. This is not, you know, you can't be talked out of being trans. You can't have therapy to be a bit less trans. You are trans and you have to live with that. And it's really difficult. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what my being a, a straight white man has to do with, with fundamental truths about biology and about, about well, because you reality. got lucky. You got, you got lucky. And, and a lot of trans people consider themselves unlucky. Because it is difficult to live in a society where other people, and I just want to suggest how many people actually are trans in, in the United States. I mean, there, there are at least a million trans people here in the US. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, or in fact, I think, actually, let me, let me, it's three, sorry, my mistake. It's 1% of people in the US identifying as transgender. That's actually 3.3 million people. So, so you're suggesting that 3 million people are making up that they are a different gender to the one that their genitalia would suggest. I'm not saying that they're they're making things up. They can be as convinced as the day is long. A man can be as convinced as the day is long that that he is a woman, um, but that doesn't that doesn't actually make it so. And and we, we keep we have to go back. We have to get to to the to the bottom, Anthony. We have to start on the same same ground here. We have to be on level ground here. Uh, I need you to define for me what a woman is, because if we can't. Uh, if we can't reach a mutual definition, we're never going to be able to... You're making a lot of appeals to emotions, right? You're saying, oh, it's difficult, it's this and that. But it I'm is emotional. You know, there are people that are suffering I, because, I you are, because you are spreading in your platform, you are spreading what they would consider to be hatred of them because of your views. Now, and this is the thing where Democrats and Republicans differ, 
is a Democrat wants, hopefully, everybody to live their own lives, right? To live to their fullest, a full, healthy life, whether they're straight or gay or lesbian or bi or trans. It's irrelevant. Live your life. And that's a very Christian view, right? To live your life. That, you know, and, and I, I have Christian ideals. I'm not a Christian and I don't believe in God, but I still hold Christian ideals and the commandments kind of dear to me because I think that that's common sense and it's respectful to love thy neighbor and everybody else, right? And, and, and yet there is this, as America becomes increasingly Christian and conservative through this proliferation uh, of misinformation, it, it, it means that people who are not as perfect a specimen as you, Addison, are going to feel more and more marginalized. And yet in the rest of the world, the rest of the world has moved on. I, I, well, I'll start by saying I am, I am far from perfect. I am, but a, but a moral man. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll ask it again, since we can't seem to get an answer on it. What is a woman? Well, a woman is a, is a, is a human who feels like a woman. Who feels like what? In the same way that you feel like a man. That's my what is point. that? What I, is I know man? what you're getting at because what you're trying, what you're going to try and do is you're going to get me to say, well, a woman is somebody who can carry a child or has a womb or can give birth, and I don't believe that to be true. And and then this is where you know people get hung up on pronouns and all of these things. And there was a huge thing which I'm sure you're going to reference where uh, a Republican congressman tried to make a point of what a woman was in in one of these committee hearings and. Whether a woman could give uh, a man could give birth, the answer that was given was yes, a man can give birth, and a man can give birth if that person is trans and feels like a man but has female anatomy. We'll, we'll, we'll start. This is the world that we live in now. I mean, we we live in a world where everybody is granted the right to live as they feel and as they choose. I mean, that's the world I want to live in. Because otherwise, we're living under an authoritarian regime where you're told you can't be who you know you are. Your definition of, of a woman is what's called a, a circular definition or circular reasoning. A woman is someone who identifies as, as a woman that, that tells who me feel, that. Who feels like a woman. Who, Identification is fine, different. Fine. Uh, a woman is someone who feels like a woman. That's a, that's a circular definition. That's like me saying a, a tree is something that is a tree or a flower is something that is a flower. It, it doesn't actually describe yeah, the, because the there is talking a, about. Because there is an emotional cost. So you can't have a debate about this on semantics because there are humans involved Anthony, so I understand I feel, what, and I understand the point of, a, of, a, of a, a circular definition but I'm saying that when there are emotions involved when people will be hurt you can't just stick to semantics and say a tree is a tree because a tree does not have feelings in the same way that a human does so this is why we have to temper our, our opinions when it comes to hurting other people and this is the difference between free speech and hate speech Free speech and hate speech. Well, I'll I'll ask you this, Anthony. Would you respect uh, my feelings and, and affirm that I am uh, a firefighter if I say I feel like a firefighter? When I was a kid, uh, I felt like I could fly. It would not have been helpful for my parents to to take me to the top of a building and, and test out my my feelings. I would. But have it's not the it's not, not the same. Why not? It's not the same not? argument. It isn't. Why not? 
because I'm talking about the emotions of a human who is having to live. You are not being forced to live your entire life not as a firefighter when you think you are. You have the freedom to go and join the fire service. That's the difference. Whereas if you're telling a a female who was born as a male that they have to continue to live as a male, that does not hold water in terms of the same the argument that you're making about firefighting it's just not the same and that's why i don't understand as somebody who is a christian or a reformed christian who went to a christian university who grew up in a christian household would want to defame other humans who are so desperate just to live in society they don't want to break the law they don't want to cause trouble they just want to live amongst everybody else and be considered the same and that is the fundamental difference between an extremist view and a um, a typical view, I would say. I, I I am not trying to harm anyone or defame but anyone. But you are I'm if you're out denying truth. someone's birthright. Out, uh, uh, you the, are. Uh, no, no, no. The, uh, a man who feels like a woman doesn't mean that his birthright is is as a woman. You can you can feel like whatever you want, but that uh, the facts do not change about someone's existence. A, a, a female, since since you can't seem to define it, since you can't seem to define it, I'll define it for you. But a female, you've never spoken to a trans person. You've never had a relationship with a trans person. So you're taking a position without any experience in this area. And this is happening all the time in the media. And this is why it's so distressing to people like me who have grown up in a multi- faith multicultural multifaceted society whereas you've grown up in a very narrow space and it seems to me that that narrow space has not served you well because what it's doing is it's denying your christian views it's preventing you from living as a true christian i am more christian than you and yet i had a bar mitzvah how are you more Christian than me, Anthony? I mean, I mean, come on here. We, we, we still have to get down to the definitions of, of what is a man, what is a woman. A woman is an adult. But why? Why are be- you so obsessed with the definitions? Because I, I mean, because I'll, it's like I'll you're so that. desperate for it to be I'll, written in stone. I'll I mean, answer that. Because, what is that? Well, because I, I am concerned with the truth. I care about what is true and what is false. I care about what is you right and what is wrong. Because- I'm the only one in this argument who can define my definitions clearly and co- Coherently, all you say is a, a, a woman is because, someone who feels because, something. Because humanity is nuanced and there is more than just male and female. You're talking about your perfect specimen. You are a perfect specimen. And I've said this to you. And you are so lucky to be this person. And bless you, you are 23. I mean, when I was 23, I knew nothing of this world. I'm 47. I'm going to be 48 next month. And and so, you know, it's not really fair that we're having this conversation because you are literally just being launched into this crazy world. And I've had a million jobs and I've been poor and I've struggled and I've fought and I've you know just done my best and I recognize that that life is so hard if you are if you are white and you are straight life is so hard if you are trans if you are gay if you are brown or black life is even more difficult more so in America than in many, many places, because there is so much prejudice. And I just don't understand how one can teach Christianity and all of the love and peace that goes with that 
and yet your obsession with the definition of a female, which you think is going to close the argument when I'm telling you that humanity is nuanced and we are not all as perfect as you are. Well, your, your uh, view on Christianity, if it, if it stops at, at love and peace, it's not a very informed view on Christianity. Of course, I love my neighbor and I'm, I'm commanded to love my neighbor. But to act like uh, Christianity is just some hippy-dippy religion, let's just Even if your neighbor is it. trans? Yes, absolutely. I, yes. <laughs> yes, Anthony. Even if my neighbor is transgender, I love them, which is why I do not want to tell them a lie. Let's talk about um, the media. I've heard you talk a lot about mainstream media. Um, I, I would put to you that you work in mainstream media, and I don't anymore. I, I'm on the I'm on, exclusively on the internet, and and you work on a on a cable channel, which I would consider the mainstream. Uh, Fox News is the mainstream media because it has more viewers than any other cable channel. What is this obsession with claiming that uh, the the mainstream is lying to people, and 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 the the right wing media must know the truth? Well, uh, starting with my my network, One America News, we're we're not we're not mainstream any longer. We're not neither are we uh, cable television any longer because we have been uh, censored and we are now strictly uh, streaming online until further notice until we get all of that sorted out. Um, I, look, I if if you go through my Twitter, Anthony, too, you'll you'll see it as well. I'm I'm highly critical of uh, Fox News uh, with their specifically with their softness on on issues oftentimes like like abortion or transgenderism or, or things like that. I know I know people like to paint conservatives as just uh, Fox Newsists and, and and whatnot, but I'm actually not. No, it's it's nuanced. Everybody everybody can, I, I can have pick no, and choose. I have no particular devotion uh, or or allegiance to Fox News. I've been critical of them many times in the past. Uh, I think when it comes to the mainstream media, I I, I don't like the mainstream media. We'll we'll call it mainstream media you know cnn msnbc abc uh i i don't i don't like them because they tell lies anthony starting with uh we can take COVID 19 as, as one example of this msnbc rachel maddow right you are not going to get COVID 19 if you've had the vaccine cnn they they all jumped on this bandwagon that the COVID 19 vaccine uh it stops transmission rachel maddow specifically saying uh it, COVID stops at you if you've been vaccinated and it cannot use you to go to another person that was a lie uh things like january 6th where you have the new york times well and- let, let's deal with the COVID issue you first um a a million people in the united states have died from covid19 death rates have gone up across the board because of covid19 um are are you vaccinated Uh, i am not and uh i've seen you post uh claiming that uh messenger rna vaccines are untested why would you do that if it's not true uh, well, be- because it is true, and I- I've I've spoken with uh, Dr. Robert Malone, who is the father of the mRNA uh, uh, te- mRNA technology. And uh, when it comes, to, I'm talking specifically about mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. These were, you know, they they might have been 
tested so-called for five seconds. But historically, with, with vaccinations, let's take the flu vaccine. It was uh, It's years and years and years of study and experimentation and laboratory testing. This vaccine was developed in five minutes. By the way, before you say anything, uh, under Trump, I do not appreciate his touting of the of the COVID-19 vaccine either, especially now that the, the, the results are in and that it does indeed cause uh, myocarditis and that, that uh, death deaths related to, to COVID-19 vaccines have spiked. In, in states like Florida, uh, upwards of, of 80 percent, uh, right? Increased risk. That's, that's, not, that's not true. That, let's that, go back. That is true. Let's go back. That is true. Let's go back. It's, it's absolutely not true. It is true. Let's go, let's go back. Um, 415. Are, are you saying that the Florida Surgeon General, are you, are you saying he is yes, a, he is Florida, a doctor? Yes, the Florida Surgeon General is a, is a partisan operator. What about Dr. Robert Malone? What about Dr. Robert, Robert Malone? Malone has been widely criticized by, sure. by the medical profession. And that's precisely as somebody the point. Who, is an, who, is an ext- who has extremist political views. What extremist political views does he have? What has he spoken on other than COVID-19 vaccinations? So let, let's just go back to what, what, what are Dr. Beginning. Malone's extremist views, Anthony? I'll, 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 come, I'll come to that. Well, uh, why um, don't you just answer answer now? You say he's some you know extreme partisan with he, all these he, wacky he is, far-right views. He's the yeah, father yeah. of mRNA technology, right? He, it's he, not that, he, it's, worked, it's not, he worked he under claims, presidential administrations. He worked uh, alongside yeah. Dr. Fauci throughout decades. He oversaw so many pandemics, so many public health outbreaks. Okay. So, so so is he is he a lying partisan hack or is he a, a medical expert? Who more expert than the father of mRNA technology to criticize mRNA COVID nineteen vaccines? He he takes credit for messenger RNA, and there are many people who say that he is not the father of messenger RNA, and that is widely agreed. So you can say that, but it's irrelevant to this. What's relevant is I've had four vaccines of messenger RNA. I've had Moderna four times. I've never had COVID-19. Um, 450 million COVID shots have been administered in America. And there have been practically zero adverse reactions. The mito, the, the carditis that you're referring to, is a very, very rare instance, which happens in all sorts of Um, vaccination programs. And it has been studied and people have not died from getting a COVID-19 shot. I think the number is 0.002 in terms of percentage of people that have died versus those that have had no adverse reactions. The point is that um, millions of people, there's been a billion vaccinations around the world, and there have been no adverse reactions to this. Um, you, I presume, had vaccinations when you went to school. You, I presume you had measles, mumps, rubella. These are all mandated vaccinations. Uh, did you get those as well? Uh, yes, I did. And so why do you think there is a difference between getting a MMR vaccine, uh, which is very controversial in some countries, uh, versus getting a COVID-19 vaccination when messenger RNA has been studied for over 20 years? Well, messenger RNA has been studied for over 20 years. Uh, Messenger RNA COVID-19 vaccines uh, were studied for about five minutes. Um, So the... uh, the, Hang on, hang on. (laughs) They, They were given an emergency use authorization to enable people to get vaccinated quickly because millions more people could have died. So 
effectively, the reason a study takes so long is because they draw it out on purpose, because they do multiple studies, they do, and they did that with, with all of these vaccines were all tested. They were all tested on large, large numbers, over a thousand people in some studies. And you had every scientist on the planet put down their tools and started focusing on getting a COVID vaccine because this was a worldwide pandemic. A, because they wanted to save lives and B, because it's very profitable and we live in a capitalist society. And they were successful. And within a year, we were able to get everybody vaccinated or hopefully most people vaccinated. And I have a friend who is still in intensive care after getting uh, COVID-19 back in um, uh, March 2020, before vaccines came out. And he is as close to death as you can come. He's, he's still in intensive care now. Um, if he was vaccinated, he would have lived and, you know, got over COVID as a cold. Um, you know, you are effectively denying something that has more evidence to suggest that it works and it's successful than almost any other vaccination program in history. Anthony, if the COVID-19 vaccine is so successful, uh, why do you have to get uh, four, five, six shots and you still uh, are at risk of, of getting COVID, despite what Dr. Fauci said, despite what Rachel Maddow said, right? These are people who specifically said, both in the mainstream media and medical experts and the CDC and the NIH, that if you got COVID-19, uh, if you got the COVID-19 vaccine, uh, you would not transmit it to, to anyone else. You would not catch it again. That was a lie. That was a lie. And, and if you want let to talk me, about what we have overwhelming... Why. If you want to talk about what we have overwhelming evidence of, we have overwhelming evidence. Uh, now, I, I, I will uh, I will omit to you that there is uh, a, certainly a chance that COVID-19 vaccines can reduce hospitalization and death. Uh, that That's fine. I'm will, There have been a lot of studies on that. I'm willing to, to grant that that is a possibility. But there are also studies saying that the COVID-19 vaccine prevents transmission, which is what vaccines are supposed to do. This is the only vaccine uh, that I can think of in history where you can get jabbed over and over and over and over and over and over again, and you can get it uh, COVID two times, three times, four times, like Joe Biden got, like Joe Biden got, like Maxine Waters uh, got, like like the Surgeon General got. He got, he got COVID, what was it, two months after? He got COVID twice within the range of two months. Nancy Pelosi within the range of a few months. Joe Biden Addison, within the range of a few months. They didn't die. But, but they, all the vaccine does is stop you from dying. That's all it does. It also, I, it also 84% increased risk of death from the NRA, mRNA vaccine per the Florida Surgeon General's findings so the the, fl the fl have you even seen the florida surgeon general have you even sp yes. seen that guy talk the guy is an he is a lunatic okay he is so an absolute lunatic but and he is a medical he was expert listen to Anthony, me for a second he was chosen he, no he was chosen by ron DeSantis because he was using covid as a political tool why do you think why do you think america was really the only country that politicized a worldwide pandemic well, it was the left that politicized this pandemic, Anthony. We were uh, there was broad pushes 
from the left, you, we, earlier we were talking about abortion, right? My body, my choice. Uh, we were told, uh, Joe Biden tried to mandate this vaccine on tens of millions of Americans or else lose your job or else lose your livelihood or uh, else. Only people, that, only people that worked in the military or for the state. Uh, no, no, no. He attempted, he attempted to mandate the vaccines on businesses that employed over, I believe, 100 people. Yeah, because people that, were dying and because there was so much misinformation from right wing networks saying that this vaccine was going to kill you. I mean, you know, it was the vaccine has killed people, Anthony. The vaccine hasn't. Yes, yes, it has. That is that is that is false. That is a lie. The vaccine has killed people. People have gotten myocarditis. They have died uh, as a consequence of of getting vaccinated. There is example after example. Do you want to go on the record and say no one has died from the COVID nineteen vaccine? No, 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 no. It's very important, and this is the same as you earlier picking out anecdotal evidence to make a point. I am only talking on a qualitative level. If a billion vaccines have been administered, um, the, the, the measurement for people that have had adverse reactions that have caused death is so low that that is considered a successful vaccine um, that, that has been administered through, through a society. So, you know, you cannot take a singular case or a handful of cases compared to a billion vaccines and say that old people are dying. It just doesn't work like that. And invariably, the people that have died are people who are in their 90s because the way reporting was done initially for deaths from COVID was done at, say, people who lived in retirement homes or people who lived in old age homes who were probably going to die anyway. And initially the reporting was done that they were vaccinated and they might have died a few days later, but they were probably going to die anyway. Now, I've spent a lot of time writing about this and studying this and analysing this. You know, these vaccines came out during Donald Trump's presidency uh, Dr. Burks, who worked on the task force, has since said that if Donald Trump had actually taken the advice of the task force and actually used the language that was appropriate about vaccination, then literally hundreds of thousands more people would have survived and not died from COVID-19. But instead, he talked about hydroxychloroquine, which never worked. He talked about bleach shining a light through the body. The guy went off on one. And the reality is that now anybody like myself who is vaccinated and a vaccine wears off, it's not changing your DNA, it wears off. I will continue to get vaccinated for COVID-19 because it's going to save my life. And I have read everything there is to read. And my, my, my fear is that Somebody like you who is using misinformation or reaching out to quack doctors or people like the Florida Dr. Robert Surgeon Malone General. Dr. Malone is a quack doctor? He has been widely debunked in his views about this vaccine. Widely debunked. Such as? And if you are, if you are only exposed to a right-wing media then you will have a different opinion. And I accept the fact that that is probably your exposure. And, and I'm sorry for that. <laughs> well, that that's quite all right, Anthony. Uh, when it comes to COVID-19, uh, have people died of it? Have a lot of people died of it? Uh, sure. And the CDC at the start of the pandemic highly inflated the death count. And then as of as of last year, they had to retract a lot of their death count and uh, and also had to confess after after we said that, Anthony, if you are a if you are a healthy 
person with, with no comorbidities, COVID-19 is going to be virtually harmless to you. Every statistical, every study, every statistic that, 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 that has been released has confirmed that, that if you are a, a healthy person, particularly a young, healthy person, you do not need to get a vaccine. You seem like a healthy guy, Anthony. I can assure you that you don't need to get uh, a COVID-19 vaccine or else it's go, you're going to die. Uh, I personally, I, I got COVID-19 uh, in, in January or in 2021, January of, of 2021. Uh, I got, I gave it to myself uh, pretty much on purpose. My roommate had it uh, coming back from Christmas break. Uh, he let me know and I said, ah, that's fine. I'll get it. It'll boost my natural immunity. Got COVID, felt, felt kind of bad for a couple days and was fine after that. Um, never have had it since. The, the point is uh, the CDC has, has since retracted. They've, they've actually had to scrub a number of the deaths because uh, deaths from COVID-19, right? They attributed that if you had cancer and you died in the hospital, but you had COVID, if you tested positive for COVID-19, that counted as a COVID-19 death, right? So, so it, it was merely people who just had COVID-19, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of those were counted as COVID-19 deaths. Moreover, uh, upwards of three quarters, but according well, well, to the CDC. Why, according why, to the CD why is this so important to you? Because uh, it sounds to me like, again, you're trying to politicize a pandemic i'm a just pandemic. telling the truth i'm not i'm nothing political about this i'm just telling no, the but truth it, it, it is because again I, know, I just stated a fact there's it, I, there's nothing political in me saying that, that I, hospitals I, I, were I, counting covid19 uh that were counting deaths people who died in the hospital they were counting them as covid19 deaths only if the person tested positive for covid19 whether they had cancer or if they were shot in the chest it was still counted as a covid19 death moreover the cdc last year the cdc last year came out and they said they they had to confess because they had nowhere else to go anthony that around three quarters of the deaths from covid19 here in america America were of people with four or more comorbidities, four or more comorbidities. That is uh, having cancer, being uh, uh, having Down syndrome and being morbidly obese and something else. Those are the have to do with you telling people not to get vaccinated. I just don't understand. I'm how not these telling people not to get vaccinated. Well, you have because you're spreading information saying that an mRNA vaccine will kill you when 12 no. billion people on this planet have been successfully vaccinated. You, you just criticized me for being over general. I did not say that the vaccine will kill you. I'm saying that there is an 84% increased risk of death from myocarditis from the mRNA COVID 19 vaccine. That is a fact. And just because a, a so called quack doctor, according to you, that just because it's a medical expert that you don't like doesn't make it false it has to be i mean medicine it has to be peer-reviewed right and it has to be published and what you're describing is the opinion of one person no it is not peer-reviewed and it is not published and that is the difference because otherwise anybody can claim to be uh you know to have an opinion and even if someone is cited uh, you posted about a, a doctor that had been cited. Uh, you actually said that he'd been cited more than any other doctor. That is not a reason to believe what this person says. Someone can be more cited than others because they're insane and because their opinion is so crazy that everybody shares it. Well, it you know, it, th this it, is the point, is that we have to have a standard at which everything is done. And... Being anecdotal about things is a very typical um, style of reporting from right-wing media. And, and, you know, I really want everybody to live well and be healthy and happy. And nobody wanted a pandemic. 
I don't still want to have to wear a mask when I go out, but I still do because I, you know, I care about transmission still until the pandemic is over, which it is not. And even though I'm Dr. Fauci said that the, the, the masks don't do virtually nothing to stop the, the transmission. Yeah, I, yeah, because I have the free choice. That is my free choice. Oh, yeah, the choice, but it doesn't stop transmission like you say it does. It's not the point. The point is I have a choice. Well, you said that's why you wear the mask. You said that's the point of the mask. I'm not I, saying I you we- can't wear a mask. I'm saying it's very silly to wear a mask, especially when you've had, what, four vaccines? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds but, like you, you know, have a lot of faith in the, in the vaccines. You don't have, you don't have children, it's, so you sounds, don't necessarily well, children have the are same the kind least, of... Children are the least likely to, to, to face any long-term consequences from COVID-19. Being, vac- uh, being, being children is their best and vaccine. And here's the other thing. Have. Here's the other thing about a new virus is that, and I just want to answer your question about why people like Rachel Maddow or Fauci might have said certain things at certain points. Might have. We we, um, discover a virus and the medical uh, fraternity goes to work on trying to fix it, deal with it. And we as a society and clinicians become more knowledgeable knowledgeable about it and about the effect it's having on people as time goes on, which is why at the beginning Fauci said, you don't have to wear a mask. And then they changed the advice and said, you do have to wear a mask. You remember. And the right wing media went crazy. You said we don't have to wear a mask. And now you're saying we do. That is standard. That is, as, as you get more knowledge about a virus, you give the information that is pertinent to the virus when you get it. And it's very easy to anecdotally take that information and make a whole news program out of it and call it Fauci changes his story. He doesn't know what he's talking about. That is what, tragically, your network and similar networks did. And the consequence of that is that people die. Anthony, it's extremely dishonest to say that Dr. Fauci said something and corrected himself and remained steadfast. He didn't uh, correct whole, himself. No, no, he, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. He said he gave the information that was what he thought was factual at the time, and that changes. That's what happens in a pandemic. Doc, Dr. Fauci and, and the rest of the, the uh, medical experts, will will call them, uh, Dr. Fauci and all of them said, first, first it was, you don't need to wear the mask. Uh, I think it was Dr. Fauci who said, wearing the mask is stupid. You need to need to stop wearing the mask. Dr. Fauci came out and said, the reason he said don't wear the mask was so uh, nurses and people could get could get the mask. So, and then he comes out and says, oh no, you, you have to wear the mask. No, then you don't have to wear the mask. Actually, now you might need to wear two masks or three masks. And by the way, you need to wear, once you, once you get vaccinated, then the narrative changed. Once you get vaccinated, you can take off the mask. Then it said, but well, you not, need to get the vaccine. It's not a narrative, Addison. Can, yes, Anthony, it's it is not a narrative. A narrative it is a narrative. When the, because you're working on the assumption that somebody is trying to trick you. Anthony, when the science is trying changes, to cause, Anthony, when the science my, changes, when the science changes, 500 times a day, it is not science. When the science changes every day, when the science flip-flops it d- it over and over and over day. again, and a new thing is applied and a new thing is applied, uh, you can t- you, don't <clears> wear the mask, wear the mask, don't wear the mask, wear the mask, don't wear the mask, wear two masks, wear three masks, get vaccinated, you can take the mask off, get vaccinated and get the booster and then you can take the mask off. Actually, you should probably still continue the mask to, to mask up. Even if you got vaccinated and boosted, you should still wear the mask. I don't understand why why you d- aren't taking this seriously. I don't like, understand. It's so important. I don't, uh, it's and, so important. I don't understand why the, the medical experts that I 
my side, you're all about trusting the experts, I thought. But what you really mean is only trust the experts who agree with my political preference, no, who agree with my people. It's not political. Dr. It's Dr. Robert, Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Russell Sorowski, Dr. Simone Gold, Dr. Peter McAuliffe. These are, there is a panel. There was a letter signed by thousands and thousands of doctors condemning, uh, speaking out okay, let, against the COVID-19 va- vaccine. And you dismiss all of them as partisan quacks just because they don't repeat the stupid talking points that no. you do. No. Uh, Firstly, there weren't thousands. I know exactly how many there were. And I also know that Simone Gold, in the end, uh, went to court over this because she was considered to be one of the biggest quack doctors of all of them. So my point is that it's, you know, we live in such a dangerous society because people are so violent. There's weapons on the street. People are poor. People are aggrieved. And when a worldwide pandemic comes along, It is so important that we all, no matter what your political view is, we all come together and we sing off the same hymn sheet for the sake of lives and saving lives. And there is, and and so, and this is real. I'm serious because I I am too. You you do it in like a stand up comedy routine, and it's more serious than that because, again, unless you know people whose families have been torn apart by this and you recognize the nuance of how a virus affects different people differently and how hard it is to get a government message across when you have extremist media claiming that it's untrue and citing individual quack doctors rather than a medical consensus. Quack doctors not just in America, but around that you, the world. They, that, that say things you don't like. That's what you mean by quack doctors. It's not, I, I am nothing to do with this. It's not my opinion. You know, I, I, I am, as a person, what those doctors have said is, has been widely debunked by the medical fraternity. And for somebody like you, you have a platform, the you same. have a responsibility to to make sure that the truth is 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 explained and to describe why the uh, story might change from the CDC because of changing information, because people are not doing what they're told. And the reason that people went out and said, you won't get COVID if you get vaccinated is because people weren't getting vaccinated. Oh, that's not true. A million people a day were getting vaccinated when when Rachel Maddow heard that. Not that talk a million people a day chalks up to nobody was getting vaccinated. That's a small not number. En- not, not enough. And there are still people like yourself who are unvaccinated and you are taking a risk. And that's your it's your risk to take. But my point is that, you know, we have to live as one society. We can't politicize something like a pandemic because that will result in the, the death of of people, yes, I, as has been proven. I, I agree. It is rather unfortunate that Democrats and the left and Dr. Fauci and all the like have politicized the pandemic. It was very unfortunate, right? Very, very unfortunate. I, I don't have a problem with you getting the vaccine, Anthony. If someone wants to get the vaccine, they can go get the vaccine. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. But the second you tell you try to force me to, to wear the mask, the second you try to force me to get the vaccine with very little data uh, of its efficacy, with, with, with dozens, dozens, Dr. Peter McAuliffe and Dr. Robert Malone have, have done 
hours-long podcasts, hours-long speeches breaking down how many viol- ethics violations and standard violations were, were, were ignored and discarded to get this vaccine out as soon as possible. Dozens of violations if, if you from went, the CDC If you went for a surgery, if you went to have surgery, say open-heart surgery, would you want your surgeon to wear a mask? Uh, yes, but that has nothing to do with, with COVID-19. It's just about germs. That's all it is. It's just, it's just germs. Um, we have to finish, I'm afraid, because time is upon us. But I, I'm very grateful for the chat. I've kind of lost my voice because I've been sick the last couple of days. But I've <clears throat> kind of I've pushed through. It's not COVID. I tested. Um, but thank you for giving me the time. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of other subjects I could certainly talk to you about. And I'm very grateful that you've given me the chance to, to talk with you. Um, I just want you to remember that, you know, when I was 23, well, when I was 26, I, I, I got a TV game show to host and I thought I was completely out of my depth at 26 to host a TV game show. And that was just a game show. You have a news network at your fingertips at the age of 23. And the only advice I would give you as somebody who, who's worked in the, in the news is just be responsible with the platform that you've been given because, you know, life is short and outside of America, this kind of division does not exist. Addison Smith, thank you very much. Anthony, thank you so much for, for having me on. I, I really did enjoy the, the, the exchange. I appreciate it. My pleasure. My thanks to Addison Smith. Don't forget to subscribe to The Weekend Show on YouTube or as an audio podcast. And also the 5-Minute News Daily Podcast, which drops every morning so you can listen while you make your morning coffee and leave an iTunes review. I'm Anthony Davis. Join me next week with a brand new special guest and three more factual news stories to discuss on the 5-Minute News Weekend Show with Midas Touch. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.